You are listening to the Bellator Christi podcast, brought to you by bellatorchristi.com. Now join your host, Brian Chilton, as we enter the arena of ideas. taking up the sword of Christian theology and the shield of classic apologetics while taking Christian truth into the arena of ideas. This is the Bellator Christie Podcast. Uh, and this is your host uh, for the time we have together, yours truly, Brian Chilton. And we do thank you again for uh, joining along the, for the ride. And so I uh, hope you're doing well wherever you may be. do want to let you know that the Bellator Christie Podcast is a production of bellatorchristie.com. And uh, we do encourage you to go over to the website by uh, subscribing uh, to the website. You will be able to uh, receive all of the podcasts as they become available, uh, as well as uh, the articles uh, that uh, are produced by myself and others. And so uh, be sure to go by bellatorchristie.com. That's B-E-L-L-A-T-O-R, Christ. C H R I S T I with an I dot com. Once again, that's B E L L A T O R C H R I S T I dot com. So go by and check us out, and uh, you can leave a comment, leave a reply. Uh, we do have standards on the website as uh, to fa- as far as to what is accepted and what is not. Uh, so just keep that in mind. And so uh, there should be a link there at the website. Uh, basically, uh, long story short, m- the vast majority, I'd say ninety eight percent of the uh, the comments that are posted are uh, are. Are, are published. There are a few, however, that have been ad hominem attacks, uh, attacks against me personally, or attacks against another person personally without engaging in the ideas. Those things are not acceptable at the site. And so, but if you'd like to go by and sub- subscribe, we do encourage you to do that. If you'd like to check out any of the articles, we encourage you to do that as well. Uh, also, uh, we ask that if you would share 
some of these resources with others. Uh, if there's an article or something like that uh, that would uh, blesses your heart, uh, be sure to share it and, and let others see um, the resources. We're trying to get the word out, trying to expand the ministry, the online ministry. So help us out with that, and we greatly appreciate that. Of course, if you'd like to uh, help us out financially, we always encourage you to do that. Uh, if you'd like to uh, you just contact me, at the website, and uh, we'll we'll uh, do that. If you have a, perhaps you have a podcast, or you have a ministry, or it may be a business you'd like to uh, advertise on the podcast, uh, we encourage you to do that as well. If you feel free to do so, uh, we do have a little bit of housekeeping to do now. Um, I had mentioned in a previous podcast that there's going to be a couple of weeks in July where I will not be uh, on the podcast. Uh, and that's still holding true, at least for the first week in July. Uh, one of the guys we had, one of the gentlemen we had scheduled to uh, handle the podcast, to do a guest podcast, Jason Klein, has in fact pulled out and is going to be unable to do, uh, to cut a podcast for us. Uh, so Shane LaCroix, he's still in. And uh, I don't know, he may have a second week, or we may just do one week. We've got a lot of interviews coming up very soon. In fact, I'm talking with a professor at New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary about a potential um, podcast uh, for him. Uh, He he has an interesting take. He comes from the traditional Baptist, which is is a non-Calvinistic type of theology, and he has a very interesting take on decretal theology, and uh, we're going to talk with him. We'd like to talk with him about that and get his perspective. Uh, he has recently uh, written a wonderful post on the CSB Study Bible. And in fact, we're going to talk a little bit about the CSB Study Bible here in a few moments, really comparing it to the ESV Study Bible here in just a few moments. Uh, and so he'll be with us. Hopefully, he'll be with us here on the, in the next few weeks. We may run one of those podcasts, one of the interviews on... Um, that week, so uh, well, I don't know. We'll just just stay tuned. We'll we'll let you know what's going on uh, as it gets closer to time. Now we do. If nothing else, uh, there may not be anything that first week if we have problems uh, moving on. But uh, first week of July, we're hoping to have a guest host. If not. Uh, if that falls through with Shane, then uh, then we just won't have a podcast that week. Or we may run an interview, perhaps that week. But uh, just just stay tuned. We'll let you know more about that as uh, it gets closer to that time. Coming up next week, we have a very interesting podcast. We hope you'll tune in. Dr. James Castleton uh, will be on the podcast uh, as he's going to be discussing his new book. In fact, uh, the publisher sent me a review copy of his book, and I haven't had a chance to read through it completely, but what I have read of it uh, is seems very good. It's, uh, it's, a, uh, it's a book uh, entitled um, it's, it's a book by entitled uh, "Bending of a Broken Heart." The Nature of Meaning and the Purpose That Gives Life Hope. And Dr. Castleton is an award-winning physician, a very intelligent individual who's who's received training in medicine and behavioral science at Stanford, Harvard, Yale, Oxford University, and he's a fellow of the American College of Cardiology and the National Heart Institute. Uh, He's also a Master Physician and Laureate of the American Board of Cardiology, so it's going to be a privilege next week to have him with us on the podcast as he discusses his book, um, Mending of a Broken Heart, The Nature and Meaning, 
the nature of meaning and the purpose that gives life hope. So looking forward to that. That should be a great interview coming up next week. Uh, so looking forward to that. All right, we're going to uh, take a quick... Oh, by the way, let me just let you know about... Uh, you can catch your podcast on uh, now on Google Play. It's up and running and uh, working very well, in fact. So now there are four mediums that you can... Um, that you can access the podcast on in addition to the website. Five if you include the website. Oh, man, we're, just, we're really expanding here. iTunes, uh, TuneIn, Stitcher, and now Google Play. So we do encourage you to go check us out on those. And we're looking at maybe a couple of other options that may be coming up uh, as well. So there are many ways that you can uh, hear the podcast, many ways that you can subscribe. If you want to just merely hear the podcast and you don't want to see the articles, you know, that's fine too. Uh, go to any one of those podcatchers, iTunes, TuneIn, uh, Google Play, uh, and Stitcher, and uh, hit subscribe on any of those uh, those uh, podcatchers, and you will receive all of the uh, podcasts as they become available. So we do encourage you to take advantage of that. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we will be right back uh, with the Bellator Christie podcast and a very busy podcast as we talk about the CSB Study Bible versus the ESV Study Bible. And we're also going to talk about uh, an anti-Christian test that's being promoted by two senators uh, in the United States Senate. So we are, uh, we'll talk about that, uh, branching out a little bit in areas that I normally don't cover in the area of politics, but this is actually crossing over into uh, the area of apologetics. So we'll talk about that in just a few moments. Uh, you're listening to the Bellator Christie Podcast. We'll be right back after this. Are you looking for something that will train you in Christian apologetics, but you don't have time to commit to a long-term program? Do you want to learn more about the philosophical, scientific, and historical reasons for the Christian faith? If you answered yes, then plan to attend the 25th National Conference on Christian Apologetics, entitled Defending a Faith That Thinks. It will be held October 13th and 14th at Calvary Church in Charlotte, North Carolina sponsored by Southern Evangelical Seminary. Among the speakers include Michael Brown, Norman Geisler, Gary Habermas, Ken Ham, Richard Howe, Greg Kokel, J.P. Moreland, SES President Richard Land, Jay Richards, Hugh Ross, Frank Turret, Jay Warner Wallace, and more than 30 additional speakers. Early bird pricing lasts until August 1st. For more information, go to conference.ses.edu. I plan to be at the 25th National Conference on Christian Apologetics. I hope to see you there. Once again, this is October 13th and 14th at Calvary Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. Go to conference.ses.edu. The National Conference on Christian Apologetics, defending the faith of things. Music artist Toby Mac. Uh, I rap, I sing. I have a band called Diverse City. I'm a daddy, five kids, a husband to a lovely Jamaican wife, a graduate of Liberty University. 
I'm a 1993 graduate of Liberty University with a business degree. Knowing that it was a place that was far enough away from home that I'd sort of strike out and have some independence, but that it would be with a background that would grow my Christian faith, it seemed like a perfect fit. Rashad Jennings grew up in Forest, Virginia, but Liberty, growing up in my backyard, I always heard about it. I had two older brothers who played in the league, so I got to watch it grow and I wanted to be a part of it. Courtney Garrett. I'm now currently Miss Virginia 2014. I graduated from Liberty with a major in communications for advertising and public relations, as well as music and vocal performance. The two speakers and you know, two turntables and a microphone, and we did our little DC Talk thing right in uh, Dr. Fowell's backyard. You know, just some friends that got together, serious about Liberty, was serious about their school, serious about their craft in which they wanted to study in a profession. We made it back and said we're going to stick together. And as a university, I think we should stick together. Really no greater place they could go to school because there are programs for every line of study for just about anything that you would want to do. You're going to go through experiences that challenge and deepen your faith. You're going to hear from some of the best pastors. You're going to have experiences you wouldn't get anywhere else. Um, but most of what I learned when I was here that, that is actually, I can say, I use in my field is, is just, um, it was the, the life lessons I learned here. You know, being, pursuing Christ passionately. Liberty really continued uh, to water the seeds that was planted in me by my family. You know, it challenged me biblically, uh, challenged me to use my faith on and off the field. We're training champions and we're going into the world as the hands and the feet of Christ and we are the body of Christ. So I think Liberty's mission is so important and is so ingrained in our hearts and we really embody that by the time we graduate because when we go in the workforce, we do want to be seen different, not because of what we are, but because of Him and because of our faith and that we can excel and we can do greater things because of Him in our life. My passion for Jesus really was ignited here and the thought to dream big, you know, to be able to dream big, to say we're going to take music to people and we're going to do it in a big way. I mean, uh, I just remember being here and, and Liberty would push us to dream big to go out there and literally be a champion for Christ. All right, welcome back to the Bellator Christie Podcast. I hope you will go check out Liberty University at liberty.edu. I am a uh, proud graduate of Liberty University and uh, thoroughly enjoyed my time at the school. And so I hope you'll go check it out. Wonderful school. In fact, uh, uh, I have a lot of great things to say <laughs> about Liberty University. In fact, at graduation, uh, when I received my Master of Divinity from Liberty at, uh, in 2016, uh, we had uh, Rashad Jennings was the uh, commencement speaker. But I want to tell you what, uh, the, the, I think it's called the Sounds of Liberty. Uh, it's a quartet. I think it was a quartet. Yeah, a quartet. They, uh, my goodness... They blew our socks off uh, with the songs that they sung. Uh, my goodness, this is the power of the, of the Spirit of God that you find at that, at that university is just unlike anything I've ever seen. And I've, and I've had a chance to be at some universities where you felt the Spirit quite strong. Uh, but uh, that's a special place, uh, and at least in my heart. 
And uh, so if you're looking for a good Christian education, I, I highly encourage you to check out Liberty. Uh, dot com, uh, Liberty University at Liberty.edu. Uh, let's see, a couple of things. Uh, we're going to talk about a couple of things here on the podcast. Uh, first, first and foremost, I, I have received, or actually I purchased, I didn't receive a review copy, but I purchased a copy of the CSB Study Bible. And if you are if you have been following uh, the Bellator Christie Christi podcast, you know that I have actually uh, transferred uh, the main, my main primary text on the articles and that I use here on the podcast from the English Standard Version, otherwise known as the ESV, to this new Christian Standard Bible, which is a revision of the Holman Christian Standard Bible. Now, I wasn't a big fan of the HCSB uh, because it read so much differently than the other translations. Uh, I, I was not fond of the divine name being used in the Old Testament because, quite honestly, it was not used, uh, at least in my opinion, it wasn't used um, uh, in the the, the same level, same degree every time. Uh, I had a word that was on the tip of my tongue, and it just left me, (laughs) just like that. and that's going to bother me for the rest of the day. But anyhow, it was not uh, it was not cohesive in how it was used. It was not used ac- accurately, uh, according even to many of the HCSB com- you know, translators or, or, or advocates. And it's a wonderful translation, is the HCSB. But they consistently, that's the word I was looking for. They don't use the divine. They didn't use the divine name consistently. So according to um, some some uh, individuals from the CSB, from what I have heard, they decided either to uh, go back to the practice of using all capitalized Lord in all instances in the Old Testament, or to use the divine name Yahweh in all instances. And they said that uh, that wasn't very consistent to do that because not every time wasn't necessarily meant to be used in that fashion. So anyhow, they went back to the traditional L-O-R-D, Lord, all caps Lord, which I liked. Uh, it makes it um, much more similar to many of the other translations that you read. I, I never quite got used to the divine name being used. Now, it was okay used occasionally, you know, in certain instances, but when it was used as frequently as the HCSB used it, it, uh, it, it kind of... I don't know, it just dis- distracted me from the translation. And there were a, f- a few other things, but the CSB corrects a lot of that, a lot of those things that uh, distracted me from the HCSB. So the CSB, I, I really highly recommend this. I, I'm really, I really love this new translation, um, or this revision of the HCSB, which, by the way, is was a new translation in and of itself. The ESV is a revision of the RSV, which itself is a revision of the authorized version, um, uh, or, or was the, yeah, the ASV, or American Standard Version, I think is right. I may have it backwards. But anyhow, the ESV wasn't a new translation in the sense that it was directly from the text. It was a revision of, of um, some older translations. So anyhow... Uh, the CSB is a great translation, a revision of the HCSB, which was a new translation. I highly recommend the CSB. But now many people are asking about the CSB Study Bible that has come out, and I really like it. In fact, I've been using it probably more than any other study Bible. Uh, but the question many people ask 
if you're looking at this wanting the best bang for your buck, is it the best study Bible out there? And as we talk about study Bibles, we normally come down to uh, the king of the mountain right now of study Bibles is the ESV study Bible. And many people ask, how does it compare? How does it compare to the ESV study Bible? So I, I've listed out about five or about four areas. And, um, and and I'll give you my answer as we, as we look through this. But uh, how does the CSB study Bible compare with the ESV study Bible? I'm going to look at format, the notes, the articles, and the resources. Now, the articles and resources may be similarly akin to the same thing, but... Um, there are certain particular articles in and of themselves that I'm looking at, okay? And then there are resources available as to additional information towards the back and uh, what you would find in, in maybe even aspects of theology, aspects of um, how the Bible came to be, and things of this nature, okay? So let's take a look at those four avenues, and I'll give you my answer. Uh, as far as the format goes... I think, hands down, the CSB Study Bible wins in that category. The CSB Study Bible is in color. The pictures are in vibrant color. Uh, they look very good. They're very appealing. Uh, there's a lot of great information you know, in uh, around those pictures. It really stands out. It's a very, it's a very pleasant study Bible to use. It's very pleasant to the eyes. It's very easy to use. Um, <clears throat> so the format is much better, I think, in the CSB than the ESV Study Bible. The ESV Study Bible, its format is good, but it's all in black and white and red. Uh, there really aren't any color pictures, to my knowledge, at least not in the not in the Study Bible that I had. Um, it's all mainly in black and white. And so, as far as format, if you're looking for something that pops, that really stands out, the CSB Study Bible is, is much more colorful, it's much more vibrant, and it's much more appealing to the eyes than the ESV Study Bible. So, I would, I would in that category, I would give, give a nod to the CSB Study Bible. Now, as far as the notes, now this is a difficult, difficult test. Uh, <clears throat> in some areas, I like the notes better than the CSB. Okay. But if you're looking at the overall, the overarching uh, study notes that, that one has, you, you may be inclined, it's, it's very, it would be very difficult to beat the ESV study Bible. I mean, because there are just such an expansive list of notes in that study Bible. So, in this regard, because of the, the details they use, especially in the author sections, uh, before each book, uh, you, you kind of have a little synopsis in the CSB, which is which is pretty good. But I, I think uh, the ESV may provide a little more information than the CSB Study Bible does, slightly. Um, so if you're looking for depth, now let me just say the CSB Study Bible is really good. Okay, we had a little bit of a lag there. I'm not sure what happened in the recording program. Okay, but we're back. Uh, the CSB study notes are very good. And Adam Harwood, now he has listed a few areas of concern as far as taking a more Calvinistic slant in some areas. But the notes are very good in the CSB study Bible. And if you, if you purchased a CSB study Bible, you would be very pleased with the notes and the depth that's there. But 
due to the amount, the massive amount of notes that you find in the ESV study Bible, I may give a nod slightly more to the ESV study Bible in this area. The articles, I think, uh, are, are, are far more in favor of the CSB. You have some great articles throughout the uh, CSB study Bible by Gary Habermas, uh, many, many others uh, that, that are listed there. Uh, I think... Uh, I think Craig Evans had written an article. Craig Blomberg, I believe, wrote an article uh, for the CSB Study Bible, if I'm not greatly mistaken. Uh, but these articles are great. And so as far as articles go, it goes to the CSB Study Bible. Now, as far as overall resources, uh, as far as overall resources, uh, I still would have to go with the ESV Study Bible on this, mainly because of the theology, theological um, um portion that they have towards the back of the book. I was really, really uh, disappointed that the CSB didn't do something in this regard to try to compete a little bit better with the ESV Study Bible. Uh, really at the back, you don't have, you have a wonderful article by Sean McDowell about uh, what happened with the apostles, and, and I, I think that's worth the price of the book itself, because if you were to go out and buy his book, uh, with the same material, it's going to be around a hundred dollars to do this. He summarizes that information and gives you the um, ba the basic details of what he provides in the in his book at the end of the CSB Study Bible. So that alone is worth the price of the entire Study Bible. Okay, but the the level and depth of resources that the ESV Study Bible has as it pertains to theology, the development of the New Testament canon, which is is covered in the CSB Study Bible between the Old and New Testaments. Uh, but the level and degree of depth that you have in the ESV, the back of the ESV Study Bible, is is, is really difficult to match. So um, where do I stand on this? Well, I, I, I really think both study Bibles are excellent. And I think it, uh, it, the answer, to answer your question, which is better, I think it would be, it would come down to this answer, which I know is sitting on the fence, but it just, it really just depends. It depends on what you're looking for. If you're looking for something that will give you good notes, that's easy to use, that, that's quick and accessible, I would go with the CSB Study Bible. If you're looking for something that's going to have more depth to it, provide more detailed information uh, on issues of theology, uh, on on, uh, on 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 well, the formation of the Bible is or the formation of the New Testament is in the CSB Study Bible, so you're good there. But if you're looking for more depth and more, uh, covering more issues, overarching issues. Uh, then I would go with the ESV Study Bible. If you don't care about that and you're just wanting some good notes, some some appealing maps, some good you know some a good resource, then I think the CSB Study Bible will do just fine for you. It just really depends on on what you're looking for. Um, if you know if if someone does not have a background in theology, it may be a good idea to suggest the ESV Study Bible to them because of the sections they have in the back uh but outside of that i mean I, I would highly recommend the csb study bible to anybody they have excellent word studies uh, throughout the study bible and i would highly recommend it to anyone uh so again my final analysis is it just depends it depends on what you're looking for uh, if you're looking for ease and accessibility go to the csb study bible if you're looking for more depth and uh additional resources 
go to go the route of the ESV study Bible. Now, personally, I like the ESV translation, but I prefer the CSB because it is a lot more, I think, a lot more readable uh, than even the ESV is. So that's my take on that. All right, now I want to um, say just a few words. I'm, I'm trying to keep the podcast as brief as I can, and uh, but I want to say a few words as it pertains to this rant. Now, I'm not going to get into the politics of the aspect because uh, some of our listeners may be pro-Trump. I'd probably say most you know most listeners are, of this podcast are quite conservative. I would say uh, most many may be pro-Trump, may, many may be anti-Trump. Okay, but that's not what I want to deal with on this aspect of the show. What I want to deal with are some comments made by Bernie Sanders and Christopher Van Hollen Jr. about a uh, particular. A candidate that is uh, up for uh, up to be placed in in the um, in the in the in the, well let's see, let me just read this article to you uh, and this will this will uh, better clarify this uh, this comes from the Gospel Coalition okay uh, in a confirmation hearing of an executive executive branch nominee that's what I was looking for. Uh, two U.S. senators implied that those who believe in Jesus, it, that Jesus is the only way to salvation, are Islamophobic and are not fit for office. A controversy erupted uh, back at Wheaton College last year uh, for over a professor uh, who decided to wear a hijab, which is one of those headcloths worn by Muslim women, during Advent in solidarity with Muslims. And in a post on Facebook... Larcia Hawkins wrote, I stand in religious solidarity with Muslims because they, like me, a Christian, are people of the book, and as Pope Francis stated last week, we worship the same God. Now, there were many who took issue with that. Um, is the God of Islam the same God of Christianity? Well, if you believe in the triune nature of God, then you would say No. If you believe God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit constitutes one God, then that's a whole different issue than than the complete uh, oneness of God held by Muslims. Okay, many Christians disagree with her claim, including Wheaton alum Russell Vaught. In an article for conservative website The Resurgent, Vault pushed back against a defense of Hawkins made by theologian John Stackhouse. Uh, having a deficient non-Trinitarian theology of God, Stackhouse said, does not mean you are an actual prayerful and faithful relationship to God. To this claim, uh, Vault responded, Muslims simply do not uh, simply do not have a sufficient deficient theology. They do not know God because they have rejected Jesus Christ, His Son, and they stand condemned. Now, this is the background behind uh, the 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 comments of. Bernie Sanders and Maryland Senator Christopher Van Hollen Jr. Okay, the ACLU sent a statement, uh, and then they, they would have to get involved in this, saying religious freedom is such a fundamental liberty that the framers of our Constitution enshrined it in the First Amendment. That's why it's so disturbing that Trump continues to pack his administration with appointees like Russell Vaught, whose views threaten that very freedom. Okay. All right, so let's let me play a clip. Let me play a clip of what Bernie Sanders says. Okay, now I am not advocating either side of politics because I'll be honest with you, I hate politics. Uh, 
and I really do. I don't, I don't like politics. I despise politics. I would rather focus on the kingdom of God. But there is an apologetic issue that we must cover. I want to play a comment uh, as Bernie Sanders is talking to uh, Mr. Vaught here in this, con- in this uh, post. Uh, let's just listen to this video. Mr. Vogt has denigrated American Muslims and the Muslim faith. His writings demonstrated clear hostility to religious pluralism and freedom that disqualify him for any appointment, including that of the Deputy Director of the OP, for the record. In the piece that I referred to that you wrote for a publication called Resurgent, you wrote, Muslim, quote, Muslims do not simply have a deficient theology. They do not know God because they have rejected Jesus Christ, his son, and they stand condemned and the quote do you believe do you believe that that statement is islamophobic absolutely not senator i'm a christian and i believe in a christian set of principles based on my faith uh, that post as i stated in the questionnaire to this committee was to defend my alma mater wheaton college a christian school that has a statement of faith that includes the centrality of jesus christ for salvation and again, I apologize. I do forgive me. I, we just don't have a lot of time. Do you believe that people in the Muslim religion stand condemned? Is that your view? Again, Senator, I'm a Christian, and I wrote that piece. Well, what is that say? The statement of faith. We can I understand that. I don't know how many Muslims there are in America. I really don't know. Probably a couple of million. Are you suggesting that all of those people stand condemned? What about Jews? They stand condemned too. Senator, I'm a Christian. I, I understand you are a Christian, but this country is made up of people who are not just. I understand that Christianity is the majority religion, but there are other people who have different religions in this country and around the world. In your judgment, do you think that people who are not Christians are going to be condemned? Thank you for probing on that question. As a Christian, I believe that all individuals are made in the image of God and are worthy of dignity and respect regardless of their religious beliefs. I believe that, that as a Christian, that's how I should treat all individuals. And do you think your statement that you put into that publication, they do not know God because they rejected Jesus Christ the Son and they stand condemned? Do you think that's respectful of other religions? Senator, I wrote a post based on being a Christian and attending a Christian school that has a statement of faith that speaks clearly with regard to the centrality of Jesus Christ in salvation. I would simply say, Mr. Chairman, that this nominee um, is really not someone who is what this country is supposed to be about. I will vote no. I'd like to know, does, does he... All right. Uh, <clears throat> so that's where we are in America right now. You know, I, I had heard the first part of that, but I had not heard the last part of that interview until just now. And I'll be honest with you, I'm a little rift at Bernie Sanders, but uh, I'm, I'm going to not get into that aspect of the uh, interview. Um. This should be a concern to you, no matter whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. 
If you're a liberal Christian or you're a conservative Christian, this should concern you because if you believe in the exclusivity of Christ, that Jesus is who he said he was, if Jesus is whom he said he was, then this should concern you because if you believe that Jesus is the only way to salvation, then apparently, according to Mr. Sanders, you're not fit for public office. But here is the problem. Here's the problem, and Christopher Van Hollen of, of Maryland went on to say something very similar. I don't have his, um, I don't have his statements available, so I'm, I, I will, I will uh, recuse him uh, of uh, any, anything that I cover on this. By the way, you know, you know what? I'm probably not a fit for public office either, because I believe that in I believe what Jesus says, and I'm going to cover that here in just a few moments. Here's the problem with this theology. Here's the f- problem with this ideology. It's self-defeating because every world religion and every philosophy, if you really believe it to be true, is exclusivistic. Even the most inclusivistic theologies or philosophies around. And let, let me cover this because it comes down to the laws of logic. It really does. Okay, but I have three little points I want to make, and then I'll come. I'll try to come back to that. I'm, I'm going to try to keep this very brief because I don't want to make this a very lengthy podcast. Number one, if you believe in the words of Jesus, if you believe in what the Bible says, then you must take an exclusivistic stand. Because these are the words of Jesus. Jesus says in John chapter 14, these are his words, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will also know my Father. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Jesus makes a very exclusive claim saying that he is the only way to the Father. So if you hold to the belief, as does Mr. Vaught, that Jesus is true in what he says and that he is the Son of God, that he was risen from the dead, then you must hold that aspect of the faith. I mean, it makes no sense. I mean, it, it, this is, it, It's really mind-boggling where we have come as a people. The loss of absolute truths have, have just really made things very bizarre in our culture anymore. But before you start saying that Jesus was bigoted in what he says, I think Jesus was truthful in what he said. Understand that other world religions and other worldviews make the same type of claims. If they didn't believe in what they were, were promoting, then they wouldn't say it. They wouldn't believe it. From This is the very central, the following is a very central tenet of Islam. It's called the Shahada which basically says there is no other God but Allah and Muhammad is his prophet. Okay, There is no other God but uh, than, than Allah and Muhammad is his prophet. That's making a very exclusive claim. That's saying that everything that Muhammad said was true. And, and Muslims have a very strong theology in saying that God did not have a son. Okay, so already now, so if you hold a Muslim faith, okay, 
then, then, then you believe, and you believe in what, and you believe in the truths that you that you adhere to, then you're going to say, well, then, then other world religions must not be true. And by the way, all religions do that. If they did not believe in what they promote, then they would not believe it, and they would not promote it. And here, here's the very odd, here's the oddity behind Bernie Sanders' statement. There's, you can see the fervor. You can see the anger in his face. His face turns red as he's screaming at uh, Mr. Vote towards the end of, the, of, of that uh, point. And then he claims that he doesn't see this individual as being fit for office because he's a Christian. I guess that excludes me from any public office there is there as well. Because I hold that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Let it be said. And if that, if that uh, means that I cannot be hold a public office, then I guess I just won't hold a public office. Because let me tell you something right here and right now. I'm going to stand with Jesus. Because I believe that he truly rose from the dead on that third day. That he, was truly, that he truly died. I believe in God the Father, almighty maker of heaven and earth. And in Jesus Christ, his only son, who was who was conceived of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, who suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. On the third day he arose and ascended to the, Father, to, to the right hand of God the Father Almighty, from whence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Universal Church, the, the, the forgiveness of sins, the communion of saints, the resurrection of the dead, and of life everlasting. Amen. This is the centrality of my faith. This is what I hold to. And if that means I cannot hold public office because of that, well, bye-bye public office. I choose to stand with Jesus. And if that makes me some type of uh, phobic, if you add some type of phobia to my name towards the end of it, well, you just have to add it. Because I stand with Jesus. Well, that's the end of my rant there. Here's the problem. Even inclusivistic claims are very exclusivistic. It's funny. It's very funny to me. That Bernie Sanders, you go back and you study the logic behind what Bernie Sanders said in that clip. Bernie Sanders one said that uh, that Christianity was the majority religion in, in the nation. Okay, he already said that Christianity is a majority nation or majority religion in the nation, and we must be open to everyone in this nation. But then at the end, he becomes very angered with Mister Vault. And then basically says because he holds to these Christian principles, which is the majority religion in the United States, that he is not fit to serve in the nation with the majority religion is that which he holds. Does, does anybody else see any self-defeating problems here behind this statement? You see, Mr. Sanders is trying to be very inclusive of everybody, but he, in turn, is very exclusive against Mr. Vault. <laughs> I think this shows the problem of 
this this issue of tolerance. I do believe that we should be tolerant of other individuals, and I think Mr. Vaught was was right. As Christians, we believe that everyone is made in the image of God, and as Christians, we believe in the two great commandments. Number one, that the greatest commandment of all is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the second one, as Jesus tells us from the book of Leviticus, which by the way, Mr. Sanders, Jesus was Jewish. The early Christians were Jewish. <laughs> Jesus came to save the Jew and the Gentile, the Roman and the Greek, the English speaker and the Spanish speaker, the, the, uh, the Arab and Muslim. He came to save all. Okay, so we must have a compassion for all people, and that's what Mr. Vaught was saying. Now, I'm not saying whether Mr. Vaught is, is qualified to do the position. I don't know anything else about this individual. Maybe he's not qualified. But let his qualification speak for himself, and let, let's not hand out this mamby-pamby type of wishy-washy, illogical thinking. This really concerns me, folks. I mean, it really does. I'm not a political person. But the anti-Christian bias that we're seeing in America today, the anti-Christian bias we're seeing in America today, the anti-Christian bias we're seeing in the media, the anti-Christian bias we're now even seeing in senators like Mr. Sanders, and um, th this is very troubling to me. And especially in a nation that is becoming more and more secularized, it makes me worry about where we are heading as a nation and uh, I think if anyone really, if anyone really studies logic, if anyone really studies the comments of Mr. Sanders, you're going to see that even, even inclusivism holds absolute claims. So, folks, I don't know where this, what this means for our future. I don't, and and I, I'll go ahead and tell you if this means that I don't, I'll never hold public office. You know, well, so be it. I'm not big into politics anyhow. But uh, my politics is with the kingdom of God. My politics is with Jesus Christ. And I'm, I'm going to keep on, hey, listen, you know what? Because I believe in the exclusivity of Jesus, that doesn't mean I'm going to hate anyone else. I don't hate Muslims. I don't hate Jews. I don't hate anybody. I try to live my life, as Jesus says, loving God with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to loving my neighbor, which is each and every person I encounter, with all my heart, you know, I, I try to love them as I love myself. And folks, if we were to do that, if we were simply to do that, this world would be a whole lot better place. Well, with that being said, <laughs> we went a lot longer on this podcast than I intended to do so. But anyhow, we thank you for listening today. And if you don't know Jesus, we encourage you to receive him as your Savior and Lord. Uh, he, he loves you with an everlasting love, and we encourage you to do just that today. This has been the Bellator, this has been, uh, the Bellator Christie Podcast brought to you by BellatorChristie.com. This is Brian Chilton saying God bless, and we'll see you back next time as we step into the arena. on this podcast do not necessarily represent those of bellatorchristi.com or its affiliates. The Bellator Christi podcast is a production of bellatorchristi.com and is protected under Creative Commons copyright.
All rights reserved. The theme song is Crucified, written by John and Michaela Lemonese, performed by Crosby Lane, and produced by Mansion Entertainment. Be sure to visit bellatorchristi.com and subscribe so that you can receive all the articles and podcasts in your inbox for free. Catch us on iTunes, TuneIn, and Stitcher. For Brian Chilton, this is Burl Childer saying God bless, and we'll see you the next time as we enter into the arena of ideas.